we're back at the ranch. Can you swear on this? No. Well, <laughs> okay, so this week's, this week's column is about life in the Senex station. And so I have my husband, Chad, here. He is inside today because it's raining and pouring outside, which is awesome. Last night I went on a walk because it was Mother's Day. <laughs> and I didn't believe the thunder, thinking that it was going to be just a little sprinkle, which I don't mind when I'm walking in a little sprinkle. And I got about a mile away from the house and the sky just like opened up and poured on me, even some hail. And so then I started running towards home in the mud with the dogs and I get to the house and the girls and Chad are looking out the window like, it's kind of wet. <laughs> I said, hey girls, you want to see a drowned rat? <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it though. And Chad was grilling steaks while I was out, and our Mother's Day out here ever since I became a mom has been spent riding horses, and so we did a little bit of that, and then I just escaped for my walk, because I'm trying to put in 40 miles this whole month and raising money for cancer research, so I at least have to walk a couple miles a day. 40? 40 this month, yeah. Did you know that? No. Okay. I knew you were doing a thing, but I didn't know it was 40. So That's I've already all. raised almost $900 for cancer research, so I really got to, you know, woo woo. show them that I can walk, but it got cut short last night, <laughs> and the girls are Does like, it count double if you run? <laughs> I thought so. I haven't <laughs> ran for, like, two years. So what what so. about those first couple walks you did in your muck boots? Well, that, I think, counted as double miles. <laughs> I, I think it should. So my girls are like, are you okay? Are you okay, Mommy? And I just, I did get a little hailed on. But it's been raining all day today. This is just, like, awesome. Things are getting green. It's a different animal from two weeks ago when we had, like, buckets and buckets of snow. So, how are they? Yeah, you should have took the video camera with and I was trying to fix fence this morning. It was <laughs> like a slippery mudslide. Well, yeah, we have all this clay and gumbo out there. And then a lot of the fences look bad because of the snow. Snow and the elk. But they're they're okay. Luckily, we got a lot of brand new fence, so at least when you fix it, the wire doesn't immediately break as soon as you bend it, so that's good. Yeah, well, that's kind of also a bummer, like we have a brand new fence, but it just got totally plowed. Yeah. <laughs> but when I, we first moved back here like 12 years ago, all of these fences were like 80-year-old fences, so that's been part of a big improvement project out here that... I haven't participated in very much, but... <laughs> nah, they pretty much put that one on your dad. Yeah. I yeah. I do the maintenance. So, well, a little um, a little bit more about the column this week. Um, I've received some really nice messages from some readers about how, you know, just reminiscing about the Senex stations in rural America. I think, you know, they're tucked into little corners of of the countryside. And I've spent so much of my life on the road, uh, starting when I was about 17, 18 years old, driving and singing for my supper, and especially um, to small towns in, you know, up and down the Midwest and in North Dakota in particular. So I brought the... That's for me, not for you. I just don't want to forget. Oh. I thought of a thing about Senex. Oh, okay. Cool. So a lot of... Um, well... We have a big fancy Senex store now. 
and it has everything. And so I am responsible for the two preschoolers, Rosie, who's my four-year-old, and um, Ada, who's my little sister's four-year-old. I pick them up from preschool on Fridays and Mondays. So last Friday, we were waiting for... Edie got early out kindergarten, so she was out earlier. So we decided we wanted to have like a pizza party date, so we went to Senex. And what a Senex didn't always have this, but now they have hot stuff pizza generally, or like pizza and everything. They have everything and a little like cafe corner. And I brought them there, and of course, we got an icy and we got personal pan pepperoni pizzas um, right off of the grill, but what, but I had to take all the pepperonis off. <laughs> yeah, they always, they always want pepperoni pizza with no pepperonis yeah. on it. Yeah, so that's all whole Which thing. Which is somehow different than cheese pizza. <laughs> Not sure how, but that's how it goes. And there's an icy machine. And then there's like everything. So Ada picks a blue icy. I have like a stack full of pepperoni pizzas. We get up to the cashier. And Ada is quiet, a quiet little not this like totally the opposite of Rosie who's the loudest kid you've ever met. Ada is like tiny and sweet and quiet and she sees a uh, man who just reminds me of my grandpa Pete in a way like his full-on work coveralls has the scotch cap on because it was still a little chilly and like big glasses and she walks right up to him <laughs> and starts talking to him and I was like Ada did, Ada did. And <laughs> that's I, not normal that's not normal and also like you know my girls aren't even that like outgoing but Ada had something to tell him and I can't even remember what it was but I had, you know, I was trying to check out. Well, then he reached his, reaches in his pocket and pulls out this million dollar bill and has something to say to her. Just, it was really cute. So she got a million dollar oh, bill. I thought you were going to say he was going to do the grandpa trick of pulling out candy because for some reason, oh. grandpas always have well, some sort of candy in their shirt pocket. Well, yeah. My grandpa Pete always had that like blackjack that tastes like licorice. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but or I, I, my grandpa had good candy. It's like <laughs> butterscotch suckies or something, you know. Well, or juicy fruit gum. But anyway, so I was just like surprised, but then this exchange was so cute. And it was like, oh look at, you know, we have this little tiny girl and this old man and he had something for her. He had something to say to her and it was really sweet. He gave Rosie a million dollar bill and then we said Goodbye, have a nice day. And then Rosie had to pee immediately. And so we had to abandon <laughs> ship and go to the bathroom and come back and sit down. And we were just hanging out there. We had time to kill. And so I was thinking about the old Senex station and also like the old Chuck Wagon where my grandpa or my grandma used to bring us, you know, when she had us when in old Watford City, when Watford City was 1,200 people, not 10 thousand people which was you know our you know a funny story about the chuck wagon yeah. i used to think that my dad worked there <laughs> because i would you know I, I was a little kid and he that's where he they always had their coffee breaks him and all the old farmer guys would go have coffee at like nine o'clock and three o'clock or whatever they had specified times they'd all meet up and go have coffee well that would be the only time i'd ever see him at work was when he was on his break oh. at the coffee shop so for I don't know, a good long while. I thought, I thought Dad worked, he worked, worked at, at the Chuck Wagon. The Chuck Wagon Cafe. <laughs> um, Chad's dad was a lineman, but that's funny. That's where they would coffee break. Mm -hmm. Well, Chuck Wagon was sort... Was it attached to the Senex on Main Street? Yeah, Wagon? yeah. So there, it, was, and it was also a little bit clicky. So there was like the Chuck Wagon coffee guys, and then there was the Senex coffee guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
and sometimes they intermixed, but it was always like one group goes here, one group goes there. So but it was my, the same guys every day that went to the same places. My Uncle Paul was probably the Senex coffee break. Because those were like the older guys. And they were they all... Were, like, I, I mean, this was in the 80s. They were all old guys. <laughs> I mean, well, your dad wouldn't have been that old. Well, but, he wasn't, but he hung out with like the old farmers <laughs> that he hung out with were, you know, they were like retirement type age okay. farmers at that time. Sure. So, I mean, you know, they'd be a hundred years old now. Yeah. Well, uncle Paul, we just lost him a couple of years ago, but that's where grandma would take us. The chuck wagon part is my memory. I don't have a lot of memories of the Senex station when I was really little. My memories of the Senex station were the actual Senex station were more when I was like older teenager. But the Senex, as I remember it, it was like, there wouldn't be memories. They had a couple gas pumps right. and, like, they had a few bays to fix. I don't remember if they did full blast mechanics or if they just did, like, oil changes and tire repairs and stuff like that. But that was pretty much it. I mean, they had a little small store. You could get, like, a soda Candy or, or something. Yeah. Yeah. And there was the, they had coffee, and they had a couple of booths or tables or something in there where the guys would have coffee. But that was pretty much it. Well, and the Chuck Wagon was such a slice of life in... Like our little hometown, right on Main Street. Oh, they have parts. They have par- you, you could get some I, parts there. Okay, because I can just smell, okay, the Senex station. Like, yeah, your greases and the oils grease, and like little, you know, Zerk fittings and uh-huh. farm, farm and, and there was always ranch like supplies, the, but just a limited amount of the regular the stuff. work study kids that are with egg, not... Um, the Voeg? The Voeg kid would always be there. So there would always be like a teenager working yeah. there. And then... We would always get gas there as kids who just learned to drive because you could put it on your parents' ranch account. <laughs> so yeah. I remember gassing up there in my big Ford LTD. But then the Senex, you know, as a little, or the Chuck Wagon as a little kid, that's where Uncle Paul always would be. And he would always offer me a chew of snooze, like a pinch of his snooze. Oh, and yum. So I you know, just joking, he was a funny guy and I was little and so I I think about like the smell of Copenhagen attached to that <laughs> attached to the chocolate it's funny you didn't become a chewer I, and um they were always catching up and then when you know it grew, started the chocolate and closed and our town started really growing the Senex station took over the Chuck Wagon space, and then those guys would still gather there. That's when the pizza came in, mm-hmm. and they expanded in you know their services. Because really, there was two or three gas stations was all we had in Watford at the height of the boom. We would have had one stop, come and go. In yeah, once well, like yeah, we had one stop Senex. Well, and kind of before our time, Ray Standard had a gas oh, pump, right, right, right. but we never. Not By the time we were driving, pretty much, I don't even know if their gas was, I don't like, the pumps were operable, but I don't remember ever getting gas there. Matt Ray but Standard is, like, a quintessential What, what I was going to say, my little note that I wrote down that I remembered, said when I was in high school, I worked at the park board oh, yeah. for a couple of years, and we were talking about not having pizza and not having stuff at the Senex. They had a freezer, and they had, like cheese balls or frozen oh, tacos yeah. or little like little deep fried things but they were frozen so then you'd get your little basket then you dump them in the deep fryer so you would make them yourself yeah then you put I your little totally then you forgot. put your little basket under the thing and then after two minutes or whatever it would dump out your hot i forgot so every day that i worked that. at the park board <laughs> i donated one hour of my wages to whatever <laughs> snack i was eating that day <laughs> 
you know, because I got paid six and a half dollars or whatever. You could deep. Did you didn't microwave them? You no, you fried, fry, you fried, you fried yourself. Yourself. you fried them yourself. Okay. But I mean, it was like a, yeah. it had a spout thing at the top right. where you dumped them in and then they come out a different hole or whatever. Yeah. fried. Oh my god, I remember that now. But I but that was pretty much like that and candy bars was like, like all they had. You, yeah, and then the hot stuff pizza place was on Main Street and you could yeah that had one. that had its own building and then you'd go there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And then you know then we had the full blast actual bakery that I went to. Every, every morning, mo- every morning when I went there too. Well, every morning, Chad is late. Homeroom's home. not not so important when have, you need to get your donuts. <laughs> have a donut to go on the way, and then a donut to eat when you got to the homeroom. So Chad and I dated in high school, and part of this column, this memory of the Senex station, is really funny. Like that's one that's really attached for me. Is we were probably like juniors or seniors, and we had a lot of freedom growing up. Like I don't know, I think about what we did and and how we just would take your dad's boat and go to the lake or, um, you know, it was just a different time. Like our parents trusted us, but we were also out in the middle of nowhere. And so you were driving. Mostly in. like the worst thing that anybody worried about as far as being out on your own was getting stranded right. on your own because there wasn't Most somebody going to drive by. You know, I mean, you could park in the middle of the highway and sit for an hour and That's so true. nobody would hit you. Now, if you cross the line, you're in trouble. Right. And just get, yeah, getting in an accident, having something, or but we didn't have cell phones. And uh, yeah, no cell phones. And I had dad's bag phone later on. <laughs> yeah, that. you were one of the first people that had a phone. <laughs> you would have to call if you didn't have the cell phone with you. If I was in town or thirty miles from town, like at a football game or whatever, I would have to call before I left town, which is usually the only twenty-four hour gas station was the Come and Go, and you'd call from the Come and Go or someone's house, and then if you weren't making it thirty minutes. Uh, you're in trouble or whatever. But um, anyways, oh, here comes Rosie. Hi, Rosie. <laughs> um, she's home while, while Edie's in kindergarten. She'll come home on the bus here in a little bit. Anyway, what was I trying to get to? Oh, we dated in high school. So I have a memory, a lot of memories attached uh, to this old hometown to Chad and I being teenagers. And, mm-hmm. and he drove a Thunderbird. What is that? What was your car? Um, a 1988 Ford Thunderbird. <laughs> it had like plush maroon seats. <laughs> yeah. And a digital speedometer. And that was like the only car I knew of that had a digital oh, speedometer. Oh, one time you were taking my little sister home. Oh, oh that was funny. Rosie's getting a drink. <laughs> um, and it could flip back and forth from kilometers. Yeah, I flipped it to kilometers. And then I told her, I'm like, look how fast we're going. And it said, you know, whatever the conversion thing is, but it was a hundred and something kilometers an hour. And she, she didn't, you know, she was probably in fourth she or fifth grade <laughs> and she didn't say a single word, but her eyes doubled, <laughs> doubled in size. And she just kind of sat back like, oh my gosh. Did she say anything? To uh-uh. you? Did she, you tell her you were joking later? You probably did. Later sometime, oh but gosh, not right she was away. Really terrified. <laughs> and then you had your dad's old Ford. What's wrong? Water bike. Oh. Anyway, we spent a lot of time on the road between the 30, you know, a 30 mile drive from town. Chad would be out here visiting and helping dad and just hanging out on the ranch. But um, one of these memories when I was thinking about Senex popped up when we were trying to go to the lake. So your dad had a boat that he would let us take. And I'm sure it wasn't fancy. I know nothing about boats, but... No, it was a little aluminum 16-foot fishing yeah. boat. But the reason Chad is good at a master of, you know, of, what is that word? 
Where does that same <laughs> jack, jack of all, all trades, trades a master, master of none, of none. <laughs> but still better than master of none? Yeah, or whatever. Or, no, what so, is that? Uh, jack of all trades, master of none, still better than master of one. Yeah, no one ever completes. They that. never say the end of it. And I like it. I like the sentiment there because he just knows how to fix stuff a little. You know, he can always kind of figure things out, and that's I always felt like comfortable with you, even when we were out in an aluminum boat in the big lakes of Kakawea. <laughs> but I was standing there, and and he was getting it ready to go, and like. I don't, I just remember out of nowhere, a wasp came out of nowhere and stung me <laughs> right in the forehead. And I wasn't even close. No, I bet, I bet it flew like it was one of those slow motion deals, in, at least in your memory, <laughs> where you watch it from like 20 feet away and it just flew right straight <laughs> at her forehead and didn't even land. It just whap, stung her in the, right between the eyes. And then I'm like 16 <laughs> and you're with your boyfriend and you're like, how embarrassed you're kind of embarrassed but also like kind of crying because it hurt really bad <laughs> and he's like what where did that come from well then he took me down to the senate so we would get two cans of wasp spray or whatever and had a giant like i think i was icing my forehead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a nerd and there's something like i first then it's in the column was kind of like romantic about the idea that you would be taking revenge on these wasps. The wasp savior, because it turned out to be a wasp nest in the wheel well of the boat that was unbeknownst to anybody. But by the time the day was done, the nest was gone. The nest was gone. He double-fisted double spraying those, um, those wasps and killing those wasps, and who knows if we even got on the lake, but it was just that memories attached to that cynics for me. And then there's just like a culture there, and and now I think that day when we were in the Senex station with the two little girls, I couldn't help but think like what a slice of life we're sitting in because in that cafe area where we sit down, there was two men behind me then after the encounter with the man with a million dollar bill. Two men behind me doing a Bible study. Oh, so what did the guy do with the bill? Gave it, gave oh, it to Oh, he gave us. it to Ada? He gave it to Ada and then oh. some to... to but you don't one know who for it was? For, no, I don't know. Man. That, that's a funny part about the Senex thing, too, is, you know, I say, oh, you don't know who it was? Well, yeah, we don't you know, even. growing up, if you saw a person, you knew who that person was. And most of the time, if you saw them from a mile away in a car, you knew who it was oh, and probably where they were going. And whose kid it was and if now, they're out late. <laughs> yeah, now there's, you know, 10,000 or so people here and... People ask me where I'm from. I'm like, what do you mean where I'm from? I'm from here. Yeah, I've, I've been here my entire life. Where are you from? Well, that's a good point because that was kind of the point I was trying to make in the column. In Watford City, the Senex changed to fit the, the size of our town, you know? Yeah. And, and everywhere I travel, in North Dakota especially, the Senex is sort of retrofitted to fit the size of the town. I was just in Harvey and it, the Senex station right on Main Street is looks like Harvey, but there's always some old timers. I call them. I maybe shouldn't call them that. But sitting in a Senex station, you know that they're there for their coffee break, and they always crank their head around when the door opens to see if they know who it is. And then for the next three days, they'll be talking about that girl that came in that nobody knew who it was, and somebody heard that she sang, but somebody else said she writes books, and we'll, yeah. we'll get to the bottom of it sometime. Yeah, they're like, oh, they'll know if you're in town. And I always try to. Stop there at the cynics, the farmers' union. That's what it was used to be called in Watford. Mm -hmm. um, and then all of it is a reflection of what the community is, and that's definitely the case in Watford City. 
um, while I'm sitting there and watching people go through the automatic doors now and some moms doing the same thing as me, getting slushies or a grandma and grandpa bringing a grandkid in there. There's a Bible study, two men studying the Bible, talking about what it means to be a man actually was the Bible lesson. I wasn't trying to listen, but that was it hmm. right behind me. And then It'd be a interesting guy... to see what they say. <laughs> I, did, I didn't join in. And then another man in, you know, obviously it looked like he was working. It turns out he was giving like a job interview because um, they're hiring a lot uh, in Watford right now. And I was just thinking like how these cashiers, what, what slice of life and who they meet. And I know it was at one of those stations when the boom was really first happening and we were, I was asked uh, where my accent was from. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, if you stay here long enough, you're going to sound just like this. And I'm sure she was from, you know, Idaho or. That's funny. You mentioned the, the VOE stuff. And then I think about those jobs, like they had the VOE side and then they had the, um, Voeg mm-hmm. side of like the high school jobs you could get as a job shadow kind of training thing. And those were pretty coveted. Like you had to apply for them. Yeah. Not everyone got jobs. And it was like you had to actually work at trying to get placed somewhere. I wonder what it's like now because every single business in town, yeah. everywhere, and there's way more businesses. They all need Everybody help. is hiring mm-hmm. everywhere. No, like I don't think you need a reference. I think if you just show <laughs> yeah. up to work. That's you're good true. to go. So yeah. that's kind of a massive difference, you know, that when you're talking about what it was to what it is, there's no, I mean, there's opportunity. There's, there's opportunity. For anywhere from kids to adults. Like you, yeah. you're looking for work, you can get work. Yeah. Well, and we've just had the unique perspective of growing up in the 90s in a, in a dying, and really not a dying town necessarily, but one that was, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say it was. It well, was the population was not, not increasing. We were looking at, you know, closing some school positions and it well, was they closed Johnson's Corners closed and my little country school. No one was telling kids like us to come back home. That wasn't a thing that was being like expected of us or even they didn't want that for us because it was hard to make a living here. No, we talked about the ranch and we thought, well, maybe we could come back retirement Mm -hmm. like you know early retirement age we could come back and kind of ranch and retire sort of a thing and then turns out we got to do it when we were 24 25 but that was not something we were ever thinking was a possibility your brother you know got right into the industry you got when we got married in 2006 (laughs) (laughs) um um we are able to get a job right on the rigs, you know, and that, that gas station culture was always an interesting thing going back to kind of the theme of this, that convenience store gas station culture. That's where these guys were getting their food. That's where it was, what where it was open 24 hours a day. They stop in there and they get their, I always love to watch a guy get their like chocolate milk, like a grown man. <laughs> and well, like, and, and that culture things. when, the, when oil really started to pick up and, and jobs were happening, it was, like, you didn't really apply for a job to work on the rigs. You knew a guy from Senex that knew a guy, right. and then you talked to that guy, and then all of a sudden you were working. Like, you didn't go to a job interview. You right. didn't do, like, you just, 
knew a guy who knew a guy kind of a thing. Well, I'm just that <clears throat> visual then, and I'm thinking 2010, 11, 12, when we first were establishing, like, this is where we're going to be now, and everyone from all over the world was coming here, honestly, from 21, you know, different countries in all 50 states, and they would... There wasn't the infrastructure, there wasn't the restaurants, there wasn't, a, you know, Hardee's that they could drive through and get their food. These guys were just working and working long, long hours. Chad was up on the rigs, you know, the derricks, dangling. I always imagined you, like, dangling off. <laughs> Fifteen years, she has no clue what, what I've ever done other than ranching. Ever. <laughs> You're a derrick hand, and I know you'd climb. How tall are those derricks? Uh, they're 120 feet. Yeah. So... Off of the platform, which is about 30 to 40 feet off the ground. Yeah. And that's when I was, like, driving all over the country singing for my supper. Chad was up on these derricks in, in any kind of weather. And that was these guys I just had so much compassion for because we were hearing all these stories coming out of national news. Like, you know, these you know, all these guys are working. It's a dangerous place to be. And I just couldn't help but think all of the lines of headlights in the dark. Like, these are... These are dads. These are young kids. These are someone's grandpa coming here to make a living to get have a better life. And they were passing through these gas stations. And mm-hmm. that's kind of the visual I had in writing this column. And, and Boomtown, the, the song, which I'll include in this episode, that's what that looked like. And the Senex station, it was always, it seemed to have grown with it. And I felt like it was a little bit, and I have a line in the column that kind of says that. It was a, like an example of what Watford City has become in a way. Like, it's still the same idea, people passing through, yeah, well that, but that, we can have nice things now. That blew my mind the other the, the just uh, This just happened the other day. I was um, getting fuel, and I the, the, the pump ran out of receipts. So I had to go in the store to get my receipts, so you have to remember which pump you're at. And I went in, and I was on, like, pump 23 or 24 or something. And as I was walking into the store, I was like, that means that there's more than 23 pumps at this yeah. one station. The old Senex station had two. Two? Yeah. And well, I guess four because it had two pumps, but you could go on either side of each pump. So there was four stalls or whatever you call it, I guess. Were we still in the time? Now, I got an email from somebody who was remembering a Senex station or some sort of station where the kids would come out and wash your windshield and pump your gas. Yeah, slightly after. after. Like, that would have been when we were really, really little. little. Ray's Standard was the last one that I knew that hung on to that. They'd pump, and, well, Charlie's did it for a long oh, time. Yeah, Charlie's, and Charlie's and Arnie Guard had a, I think they still do have a gas pump. Yeah. Um, That's the, Arnie but they pump, a little they pumped your gas. Like, part of our McKinsey County community. Um, yeah, that's right. Jarrett pumped gas in high school, because his grandpa was Charlie, so he, yeah. He worked there all through oh, yeah, his whole was. life, mm-hmm. but yeah, he pumped gas. And now he's re- he's married to my best friend up the hill. We went to high school together with Jared, and they have four kids, and they just we drive, <laughs> follow him to school every morning. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway. And he used to be a race car driver, yeah, so that's so. why we follow him to school. <laughs> it's yeah. not because we're on I time. I just let him pass me, so I could just follow in his wake. Um. But it's just a unique perspective to have as two people, you know, as kids, we grew up together. We stuck it out. We came back home. We got married. We're raising our kids in the community and that raised us. That looks entirely different when, and it, you know, it's growing before our eyes and we've been part of that growth. 
we couldn't have imagined that, for example, we would be raising our kids next door to the my best friend who I grew up with in the middle of nowhere raising her kids. We couldn't have imagined it. And so I think every day there's a little bit of like, you know, we, this town that my that our community worked so hard to to keep people to keep people working here and, and maybe moving back here could have never expected it. And there's a little there's a whole millions of stories, um, but the Cenex station that day brought back that one but slice it, of But memory. if you still go to the new big Cenex at the right time of day when yep. it's not planting and it's not harvest, you're gonna find the same people. Yeah. Yeah. Or actually, at this point in time, you're going to find their kids. Their kids. Or possibly yeah. their grandkids, yeah. but it's it's new, but it's the same. You know, that mm-hmm. culture clings, I guess. Yeah. And then across the state, when I'm driving and visiting these little communities, yeah, that their Senex station reminds me that, like, the heartbeat a little bit of their community is where you can yeah. find it. And I think that, you know, leave it to me to romanticize a gas gas station. (laughs) Um, But that's where we are. And um, yeah, well, we could talk talk all into the afternoon watching the rain fall outside of the window. But I thought it would be fun to have a little bit of this conversation with Chad. And you guys could hear him. And uh, maybe you can hear Rosie playing Barbies in the background. But... We're just so thankful to be able to share our story and thankful for this rain. And uh, now we'll have you listen to um, the slice of life that is Senex, the column that ran in our newspapers across the state uh, just this week. Thanks for visiting with me, Chad. Thanks for coming. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll do this It was a chore, but... Maybe it's one of the only ways that we can schedule time to visit (laughs) between all of them. Lucky it's raining. Rain and the kids and the... Five bottle caps we Trees have are going to explode. Yeah, I can't wait. It smells so good out here. It's quite a difference from last spring when you were fighting fires, that's for sure. And, and three weeks ago when it was 30 inches of snow on the ground. That's North Dakota. You never know what you're going to get. The weather kind of dictates our lives these days. But anyway, thanks. Bye, love you, bye. Bye, love you, bye. My niece Ada walked right up to him a man in work coveralls, thick glasses, and a scotch cap. His face was weathered from years of living, and I had my hands full of ices and personal pan pizzas and a couple treats I let the two four-year-olds pick out after preschool that day. We were having a special lunch while we waited for my kindergartner to get out of school on Friday, and so we chose the Senex station because they have basically everything, and Ada broke away from my side to say hello to the man, and he reached into this inside pocket of those coveralls and handed her a million-dollar bill with a laugh. Then I had to abandon our lunch with the cashier because Rosie had to go potty like really bad, like most four-year-olds do at the most inconvenient times. When we finally sat down and got them settled in the dining area of the convenience store, I couldn't help but think of what a slice of life this place is. This old Senex station used to be on the corner of Main Street in my hometown when I was growing up. It was a small store with a few candy bar treats, but mostly supplies and parts and sunflower seeds and a drink cooler, and most everything you could grab to get you by for now on the ranch or in the field. And if not, they could order it or help fix it in the shop attached. I remember popping in there with Dad when I was a kid, maybe getting an orange pop for the ride home. And when I finally got my driver's license, it's where I would gas up because I could put it on the ranch account. It's where most kids who lived in the country gassed up and where some of them would work after school and on the weekends. 
When I was a teenager, my boyfriend, who's now my husband, took me there to get wasp spray for the wheel well of his dad's old boat trailer after he witnessed me getting stung right in the middle of the forehead when he disturbed the nest in our attempt to escape to the lake. I don't know why, but something about walking into that Senex store with a giant wasp sting on my forehead and that boy looking for revenge, well, it stuck with me. Must have been love. Anyway, when I look up for the memory, I swear I can still smell that place. A little bit of grease mixed in with diesel exhaust, probably what that old man's coveralls smell like. The Senex store is a fixture on the landscape that is rural America. As a musician, I've traveled enough county roads and highways to see my fair share of versions of this place, each one retrofitted to make sense to the size of the town. The fancy ones exist along the highways and interstates, but I prefer the ones tucked into the main streets of small towns a long way from the exit signs. There you can usually find what you need, plus a couple old timers in a booth in the back having coffee and looking up to see if the person coming through the door might be familiar or even better yet, someone they don't know. Anyway, that old Senex store looked nothing like this bright, shiny pizza pit stop we have now in a newer development in town. It's complete with a mini food court, fancy restrooms, a wall full of anything you want to drink, clothes, parts, gloves, coolers, toys, and of course, if you need it, wasp spray. I picked the pepperonis off the girls' pepperoni pizza and watched them wiggle and giggle and use too many napkins in the booth, and I couldn't help but think that this place is sort of a metaphor for my hometown turned boomtown. The idea is the same, but we can afford to have some nice things now. And so there we sat, a mom with an SUV full of car seats and cracker crumbs dug into the floorboards, making a Friday special with a couple of ices. And in the booth behind me, two middle-aged men sat facing one another, a Bible open between them, talking about Jesus and what it means to be a man. Across the room, a job interview, one man in work boots asking another about his driving record. And through those sliding glass double doors, they're automatic now, the faces come in and out, some familiar, some new, some we don't know yet, and some just passing through with million-dollar bills. Thank you for listening to this week's Stories from the Ranch. If you want more content, you can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Veter or Facebook at Veter Ranch. I'm going to leave the link to the American Cancer Society fundraiser that we were talking about at the top of the show in our show notes, and it will be available on my website as well, VeterRanch.com. If you want more information about my music, you want to download it or hear more, you can find that at jessevetermusic.com or anywhere where you listen to music. Now I'm going to leave you with the song Boomtown, a little slice of life uh, piece that I wrote when we first moved back to the ranch for good in about 2010, 2011. This features all of these characters that I saw coming in and out of our small town, and it's really gone across the globe as an anthem for that time in our life out here in Western North Dakota. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Donnie's got a truck and he's always here on time Big buttes and gravel roads 
keeps it between two lines. Thirty bucks an hour and the pay is good, but no time's better spent than the way your daddy shoots. Still he hangs around. Boomtown. Shelly don't stop moving till the sun goes down. What she once was, she's not. What she's lost is now found. Brings them breakfast in the morning and ice cold beer at night. Listens to them talk. Breaks up their fights. She stands her ground. Thousand feet, twenty-two degrees. You find a better place to go. You'd be here too. You know you'd hang around. Child and a job before he made the call. Heard the weather's rough and the houses few. Got something for me, sir. What's a man to do but tries round? Boom say. Down the street, bottom line below us, about ten thousand feet. Twenty-two below, you find a better place to go. You'd be here too, you know you'd hang around. The farmhouse the other day. Jimmy's moved back home. He's helping Dad cut hay. Pumps in the morning, but he gets home by 
fire We almost lost him there Now he's more alive God bless the sound Boom, tell me 